Many have tried, many have failed, and she's one of them. It's Fitless with Bianca Brady. Welcome back to another episode of Fitless. We're here again. Um, we're back in New York. I was on location last episode in New Hampshire. Hasn't nice. come out yet. As yet <laughs> unreleased New Hampshire ep. Um, but I'm so excited. We have another expert in the in the studio today. <laughs> yes. And I love this because we can really pick the brain of a fitness superstar, and a superstar he is. He's the author of the book, Push-Up Progression, and he's known worldwide as the Push-Up Man. Please join me in welcoming Sean Zetlin. Welcome, Sean. Oh my God, I am so honored to be here. (laughs) I'm so excited, huge fan. Oh my God, I'm a huge fan of yours. As you all know, Sean um, is the personal trainer to previous guest Iran Buggy, who is a dancer, and she's been on a couple episodes of Fitless. And one of the episodes that I did with her was a training session with Sean, and it was, like, so much fun. And so, like, it it just changed my thinking about everything because it was, like, all these simple movements, like, very chill vibe, super fun atmosphere, but like still hard. And I was very sore after. Yes. And your neutral spine was legendary. <laughs> Aran and I still talk about it because it takes, you know, because I like to call it like the last unicorn, for instance, uh-huh. um, meaning, you know, she does all these like epic things. And I feel like I should charge a mission with turnstiles and, and whatnot. And then Bianca comes in, ladies and gentlemen. And just crushes it. And Aran and I look at each other with our tongues just like, you know, on the floor being like, where did that come from? So please, we were, well, I would say, but we are just, we were super impressed. Please know that. Thank you. Yes. Um, Okay. So you're a personal trainer. Yes. And how did you get to be where you are? Like what's, take me back. All right. Start at the beginning. I love it. Okay. I'm going to make a long story short. Or a short oh, story make long? a short story long. I love it. All right. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I um, moved to New York in 2002. Um, I was on the five-year plan in college, and my brother was a law student at Brooklyn Law, and he and his best friend were here together, and they needed a roommate. And I was working at a restaurant mm-hmm. in Delaware. Shout out to Bertucci's. Um, <laughs> and loving it, and life was great, but wanted to sort of challenge myself and wanted a little more. And I always had this dream of wanting to be an actor, and I had done theater in high school and college, and I thought, you know what? Here's the opportunity. Here's a shot. So um, long story short, I moved to New York with my brother and uh, his friend, Adam, who's a great guy. And it's great. And I'm like, okay, well, am I going to be super cliche and become um, like a waiter now? Like, is that what you do? Like you know, waiter and actor, this is what my life is. But then I happened to work out um, at the local New York sports club that was by our apartment. And I was showing a friend some moves that I knew just from my father. Because my dad, the background there was that he was a professional bodybuilder. What? Right. Crazy, right? So he sort of like introduced me to fitness, never forced me to work out what he likes to add and boast about, which is great. Um, but show me the ropes and I really enjoyed it. It was one of the few things that get off topic that I was actually very good at because growing up, I was really, really, really horrible at sports. 
Um, Same. Right? I was always like, pick last. It's a very sad tale. Um, so it, working out really came natural to me. In fact, it was exciting and fun. And I felt so accomplished. I could just be so physical because I had club feet and all these other like um, motor skill deficiencies. And so here I am, uh, again, fast forward 2002, I'm at the local New York sports club and I'm helping my buddy work out. And I'm not certified at this point. I just know the basics from what my father taught me, but I'm really enjoying it and I'm really loving it. And the fitness manager had come over to me at the time and said, uh, are you a trainer? And I said, no. I said, I just really love working out. This is my friend. I'm just showing a few things. And they were looking for trainers. And I thought, well, maybe this is something I can do and still sort of pursue acting. So I did that for about four years where I sort of try to juggle both. So mm-hmm. I go on auditions and it was fun. And then it was also, you know, it's trying and it, you know, you're not necessarily rewarded for your merit, of course, you know, um, it's super subjective and, and I was trying to also sort of make a living at the same time, which is also so challenging because, you know, you're you're auditioning at night or you're auditioning during the day and I'm trying to fit clients in. And so it's hard to juggle both. So I had to make the, a very hard decision back in 2006 and commit to one. And so I committed to fitness. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. And the enjoyment that I had gotten on stage, right, where you're, you know, people are applauding you, you're somebody different. I was sort of using those acting skills with clients, meaning, and it was all super genuine, meaning, you know, I would have one person, let's say he was a Wall Street guy who was, you know, very, very type A and wanted a certain type of, deme- you know, had a certain type of demeanor and wanted a different type of motivation than someone like Iran that we know, maybe that doesn't necessarily work for her. And then you also want it to be fun. So I, you know, everybody's inspired differently. Everybody's motivated differently. Everyone has different goals. And if the energy isn't right, you could be the most knowledgeable purpose personal trainer in the world. But if the energy isn't there and you're not connecting with somebody spiritually and emotionally, their goals are never going to be met. And I felt like I could use that acting prowess to help me in my field of now becoming a personal trainer full time. That's so amazing. And it's amazing that you made that um, determination about like, because acting you know, while it, while you are acting with other people, it is yeah. more of like a me, me, me type yes. of thing. And training seems to be sort of the opposite. On so, like you're a teacher and it's yeah. about the other person's progress, especially agreed. with the one-on-one way that you do it. Yes, agreed. And it's all about that person. It's all about their goals and their needs and it's their hour. And it, we live in New York. It's a very, very stressful city. Probably you can make the argument the most stressful city in the United States. Oh, and at every, least. Right? And Maybe everyone, the galaxy. Yes, I would say <laughs> many galaxies. And so everyone's has high anxiety. And so I take great pride in de-stressing people. And again, that's through different motivational tactics or them reaching their fitness goals. But it's their hour. Whatever they want in that hour, I certainly want to provide. And think where a lot of personal trainers go wrong and, and not to be negative is they make it about themselves. You know, they train a certain way so my client should like it or I'm only interested in X, Y, and Z so you should be, just be interested in X, Y, and Z. And, and that's not necessarily fair. So it has to be about the other person. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Sean is the only fitness, fitless guest who's ever brought me a gift, I think. Is that right? I hope I'm not disparaging right. a past guest. Right. But he brought Everyone me- else needs to step their game up. I'm just saying. <laughs> he brought me his book, Push-Up Progression, which is a 24 push-up journey to stabilization, strength, and power. It's a very long title. I love it. <laughs> it tells you everything you yes, need to exactly, know. Yes, exactly. But why did you 
What's your relationship with the push-up? Right. Why the push-up? It's a great question. It's such a classic. Yes, it is a classic. <laughs> um, like Rocky, my favorite movie. It's a classic. So um, to, to, uh, to tie it all together, I quit acting and I'm immersed in the world of fitness and I'm seeing things wrong in the gym, like performed incorrectly from other trainers that I can just see and, and also um, other members. In terms of like body mechanics, yes. alignment, that sort of stuff. Correct. And I'm noticing that the form is incorrect. And then I'm also like basically taking myself into the equation and remembering my journey to all this, where I mentioned being pack, you know, picked last in gym class, horrible motor skills, um, and the neutral spine that you mastered so well. <laughs> oh I want to go back to that. So I'm tying everything <laughs> together, ladies and gentlemen. Um, that you mastered so well, that was very hard for me. It was very challenging for me. Even when I first became certified, I had a very difficult time. And if you can picture it, you know, the neutral spine really is defined by the upper back and the glutes being aligned. So it's not like seventh grade gym class, like to joke about, you know, um, shout out to my seventh grade uh, high school gym teacher. <laughs> but, um, but in all seriousness, it was really difficult for me. And I remember going to workshops with other personal trainers and almost um, uh, kind of feeling embarrassed, to be honest with you, where I couldn't master it. And I was trying, it was, wasn't like somebody could just look in the mirror. Uh, this is a motor skill that you have to develop and it takes time. And we're not, you know, we're not all naturally blessed like Bianca oh Brady. Oh my God. Um, so uh, for me, it was something I really wanted to work really hard at. The other thing is that even though it's a classic, I wanted to put a new spin on it. You know, that's where basically uh, the creativity comes in based upon science. Let's get the core involved. And the core was such a popular buzzword like 10 years ago. It still sort of is, but it's when people think about the core, they think about the lower back or they think about the abdominals. And that's only true, but it's not the whole gambit. I mean, it's the entire spine, right? So I thought if I could sort of create this whole um, push-up program where I started with stabilization first, because a lot of people have no business going into strength or power when they're not stable. And you mm -hmm. could say that for any exercise. And it's not enough to have your legs super wide apart in an exposition. Yes, would that be incorrect? In some ways, no, but you're not getting the most out of the movement and you're cheating yourself. You're almost creating fake strength, in other words, right? It's that whole canoe analogy, right? You could press 100 pounds over your head, but if you're super shaky and you have a weak core, you're going to fall. Whereas if you get a very, very strong core in that canoe, the pressing would be much easier. And so that's kind of like what I did there. So that's what I kind of wanted to do here with the push-up and sort of reinventing, if you will. So stabilization first, add sort of like a... a, a a strength component to it, and then finish with power. So someone like Iran, who's a professional dancer for Paul Taylor, shout mm -hmm. out to Paul Taylor, um, they need power. And someone like you and I, we're not professional dancers, but we still want to get stronger. Strength would be important for us. Um, but if you don't have a foundation of stabilization, you certainly can't progress into those areas. You know, that's like number one concern that I have mm -hmm. whenever I do um, all of these different fitness classes that yeah. I do like a one-off for the show or I just drop in and see what it's all about. There's really not a lot of attention paid to like, yes. are you doing it right? right? Like is, and there have been times like even, okay, there was this video on YouTube, eight minute abs. Yes. I and that. I did it one time <laughs> the next and day. And slayed it. My neck was like, killing me like right. i broke my neck doing right. a youtube and so right. like you really can't you you obviously can like move your body and figure out what is good and not good as with like trial and error mm -hmm. but what i loved when i trained with you was like okay you're detail oriented 
about like exactly how things should be in order to get the most bang for your buck when you're actually doing the exercise. Because otherwise, what are you doing? You're just flailing around like a, <laughs> you know, and like if you're not water. naturally gifted like me, yes. with the perfect neutral, neutral spine. spine. Seriously, ladies and gentlemen, epic, <laughs> epic. <laughs> then you, you know, you could hurt yourself. Yeah. Doing an eight minute abs YouTube. There you go. Flailing around. Flailing around flailing like around. a fish. Um, well, you're <laughs> super kind to give me that compliment, but you're right. I mean, if you're not engaging the correct muscles, what's it all for? Number two. Um, what if you did hurt yourself? I mean, like you said, you strain your neck, so maybe you're using your scalene muscles, you're using your upper trapezius instead of using, like, let's say, your your core, right? When you're doing, like, say, a crunch. Um, and it's really easy to work out incorrectly. I mean, these things are very subtle. A lot of the changes that people need to make in the gym that I saw even early on, um, these are subtle changes. Some people not so subtle, of course. <laughs> um, but if you do engage the correct muscles, I mean, certainly the sky is the limit, but, you know... You need to be supervised, of course. I, I think at the beginning, I think anybody should be. And then as you continue and you feel uh, more comfortable performing an exercise correctly, then you can certainly progress. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think are like the most common foibles or mistakes that people make when they like say you're kind of sedentary mm-hmm. um, and you're like, I want to get in shape. Yeah. <laughs> Capital S. Yes. Um, what do you like? How do you recommend people start? Because I love your method being like more, you know, it's not this personal trainer, drill sergeant mm-hmm. vibe of like, or maybe that was just with Iran. Maybe you're like that with some of your other I yell clients. a lot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you think? Like, how should people start? Yeah. Um, cause it's such a daunting thing it is. to it be ver- like, totally. okay, now I have to get in shape. So only salads. To- <laughs> <laughs> totally. You don't make friends with salad. Um, <laughs> no, it's true. So especially with this year, right? So we're approaching, you know, Thanksgiving and, you know, you have Christmas and Hanukkah and then the new, and then the new year comes around. Everybody wants to make that resolution, right? To get better, which is lovely. Um, very few people stick with it because it's hard to be in shape. It's hard to find consistency. Um, if you take New York, for instance, if you're somebody who has like a nine to five job, you know, you have to work out in the morning or you have to work out in the evening. And if you don't go to bed, I always say this to everybody, you know, if you do not, if you don't go to bed early and if dinner is like the main event and you stay up late, workout is not happening in the morning. And if there's a work event or a friend event at night, you're not working out in the evening and days become weeks and weeks become months. And it's, it's hard. So it's hard, but that all being said, but it's absolutely obtainable. So I mm-hmm. think it all starts with the plan, but it doesn't have to be, you know, you know, change your life dramatically because that I don't think ever really works for anyone. You know, change should happen slowly. Um, so for instance, let's say your goal is two workouts a week instead of five or six days. And if you've been eating sort of poorly or erratically, then let's say you're having two days of consistently healthy eating. And then you kind of like start to bridge the gap a bit better to three or four days. So I think slow and steady is always key, number one. Number two, if you're unsure about working out, if you're unsure about form or the or the gym is very daunting, um, my suggestion is to start with like a smaller boutique or a studio. It could be one-on-one. If you don't have the money, then class is always great. Um, YouTube, you have to be careful with because unfortunately it's super saturated. And, you know, Instagram cracks me up because you have these, you know, people with these beautiful bodies, you know, mm-hmm. men and women and they're gorgeous, but you know that being said, I don't know how educated they are. And we all sort of go with the aesthetic. I want to look like him, or I want to look like her. And we're following their routine, and that you might not be ready for that. So 
A simple blueprint I always tell people is start with your own body weight. It's so important, right? The basics, the multi-joint, multi-muscle movements, right? Like the squat, the push-up. Um, <laughs> there it is again. The lunge, right? And these don't have to be, you know, multiple sets or reps. It could just be, I'm going to get in the squat position. Okay, I can't bend down to 90 degrees. I'm going to go as low as I feel controlled, where I feel comfortable. I'll make sure that I'm using a mirror to check my form, and I'll hold for, let's say, 20 seconds. The same thing with the push-up. If you can't do a push-up, you can start with the stationary plank, right? It could be on your forms or it could be um, with your hands, right, in the plank position and using a mirror or even a friend, believe it or not, to like kind of take a picture and make sure your neutral spine is there. Um, but I think slow and steady, starting with your body weight and then starting a walking plan. Believe it or not, we live in a walking city. I always tell everybody, let New York City be your advantage. So you're going to say to yourself, you know what, I'm going to walk for 15 minutes. I'm going to walk a block at a mild pace. And then listening to a great podcast that we know, maybe <laughs> fitless, maybe, of course, fitless. And then the next block, you're going to power walk. You're going to go as fast as you can, you know, like your life depends on it. And then you're going to walk again slowly. And that kind of interval walking is very important. You're going to get your heart rate up, right? 15 minutes is super doable. But these are things that you're just mastering with your own body weight. That's always the first pillar. And then I think from there, then you can you know, think about maybe joining a gym when you feel more comfortable, you know, getting into free weights and machines if you need. I mean, I'm a bigger fan of free weights, but I think starting off slowly and then bigger to building to bigger and better right. things is key. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you keep your clients patient in yes. that model? Because yeah. I think that that's a really tough thing for me is like now over this past year that I've been doing fitless, you know, I'm more... I've become more aware of like my sticking points and my yeah. limitations yeah. and what I like and what I don't like, mm -hmm. which has been a real benefit of this show. Mm -hmm. But I think I know what I like to do is just go for a super long walk at a very slow pace. <laughs> <laughs> and that's beautiful. But that's like, yeah. and I'm like, okay, it might not be the most you know, rigorous thing, but at mm -hmm. least it's something that I enjoy yes. and it's something that I do often. Mm -hmm. Um, but in terms of like pushing myself, I'm so bad at that. And even with the incremental building up and up and up, it's like, ugh, God, I can't even, I don't even, <laughs> and I just get impatient. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, nah, it's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and it kind of brush it off or like dismiss it like, oh, mm -hmm. that'll never be me because I um, I only like to walk. And like making all of these, mm -hmm. you know, definitive statements about my um, abilities or about my potential. Right. You know, do you find that a lot of people are like that? And how do you get them to sort of open themselves up? That is a fantastic question. So there are certainly people who are like that. There, I think patience levels certainly vary. But I will say, because we live in such an insta world, right? Everything is immediate. We're always on our phones. Everything is fast. We live in that world now. Patience is really a virtue at this point. I try to tell clients who are impatient, and I can be impatient as well. Goals don't always have to be visible. Meaning, if the workout made you feel great, that's awesome, right? If it filled, if it filled your soul, if you feel emotionally better, that's huge. If you're stronger, I mean, that's a goal that you maybe don't see in the mirror. You may be still 
possibly unhappy with your body, but if you feel stronger physically, that's a goal that's achieved. And then the acts of what you're actually doing, right? You start off, let's say, doing a push-up. You can do one push-up. That was monumental. Okay, now you're doing five. Now you're doing 10. Okay, maybe aesthetically your body isn't where you want it to be, but the fact that you're, you're completing these major tasks that you didn't think you could ever do before, those are huge. So I try to keep the clients who are impatient. I want them to think about those things, that goals aren't always super visible in the mirror, in other words. Yeah. Um, and everybody's different. Everyone has a sort of a pet muscle, right? Even I remember my father saying that to me when I first started, when I was 13 working out, he said, you know, even when I was trying to bodybuild, he said, you know, certain, certain muscles you'll see faster than others. Certain muscles will be stubborn. That was true for me. It's certainly true for everyone. So everyone has, you know, there are the classic examples where people aesthetically want to change, but for the most part, everybody has like one muscle that they feel really good about, right? Or, or everybody's sort of an inner athlete. There's always that one exercise I'm not going to say the neutral spine. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Um, shaking down here. I'm shaking. But the point is that there, everyone has one exercise that they are good at. And I want to preach that positivity because right. it's so important, you know, because we live in, you know, we live in such a negative world, fast paced world, especially being here in the city. So to concentrate on the positives, right? There's one thing you're good at, or if it, the workout made you feel a certain way, you feel stronger, you're completing a task you never thought you could complete. These are huge things to remember. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. I think because everybody's different, everybody's body is so different and their challenges are so different. Like I've often felt a little bit guilty maybe is the word or like uh, just kind of, I've never been overweight and I've never been like skinny, skinny. Mm -hmm. I've had like fluctuations throughout my life, but I feel like I've skated by with like a very privileged averageness in terms of- I wouldn't of- say you're average, Bianca. <laughs> Bianca looks great. She's just being humble, everyone. Well, just She's like- being humble. I'm seeing the gun show right in front of me. Oh, come on. I better get my tickets. I, I, I the price on, is going up. I put on workout clothes the- just, just so you can see. <laughs> just to like, you know- Sort of trick you. I love it. There was a little water in the forehead, <laughs> yeah. you know, to pretend it was sweat, right? Exactly. Being lazy. Exactly. But like, I think when when somebody feels like they have more um, of like a visible challenge to overcome with their weight, their experience with exercise is so much different. Yeah. Like for me, it's just like I'm pretty capable. I can hang. And that's gotten more and more true as I've done it. But I've never been like, you know, nobody's ever like said to me, you really need to exercise, you right. know, which I can yeah. imagine is like such yeah. a hard place to be. Sure. And you could go either way with that. Um, have you, I'm sure you have, but have you ever had like a client, a long-term client where they've made like a huge transformation and what are the challenges of that? Like once you kind of transform and achieve, there's so much that goes on internally, I'm sure with like having to reconcile how you feel about your body with how it looks versus how it looked. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. So fantastic question. So there are definitely a few that come to mind instantly and one gentleman I just profiled on social media, and his name is Rui, um, and he's um, we become such almost like gym brothers, almost like family in the sense that when I first started training him back in 2005, we've been together ever since, so it's 12 years running. Um, 
you know, he was, and I know he'll be okay with me saying this because it's already been posted on social media, but he was um, embarrassed to take his shirt off and felt a lot of shame. Um, pick last in gym class growing up, uh, just really walked around with zero confidence, horrible posture, and felt badly about himself. And when we met, yes, you could say there's potential because there's always potential in everyone, but I had um, a brief moment in my life where I was like him. I can remember when I was... 10 and 11 Jewish grandmothers and, um, you know, not a lot of exercising in my life and had that, you know, sort of that, I don't want to call it obese, but certainly like a, a chubby phase and coupled that with my, you know, bad at sports as a child, I could certainly identify with him. So I was able to use that and, and sort of embrace him and go slow. And he sort of understood it was a journey and he was patient, which was great. And I don't think he ever thought he would look like he does now. So now he's less than... I think last time we checked, he's like 6% body fat and, you know, his waist is, you know, 29 inches and he's got an eight pack and he's, he's a scene. He's, he's gorgeous. He looks great. He's fantastic. I'm super proud of him. And I couldn't, I'm like a proud dad, like, you know, (laughs) start crying right now, everyone. Thank God I'm behind a mic. Um, But it's true. I mean, I'm, but it's all, and he thanks me a lot. He always says to me, thank you for changing my life. And I always tell him, you could, that's beautiful and I appreciate the compliment, but I just guided you. You did all the work. And I think that's what it comes down to. He did the work. I'd, he, he, you know, he believed in the plan. He believed in what I was telling him. He did everything I asked of him, but he accomplished it through his own hard work. And it is hard work. I mean, I hate to say it. I mean, I, again, you know, we live in such an insta world. We want everything kind of done for us. Take this pill, you know, hold the shake weight, right? No matter what it is, whatever gimmick it is. But nothing really beats hard work and good and good nutrition. I mean, really. I mean, I know it's sort of a boring answer, um, but really nothing beats that. And he was able to do that. And now I mean, we still, you know, he tells me about, but, you know, I can just see it. You know, he tells me about like his weekends or we talk about, you know, um, his whatever it is, like his, his daily life. And when he talks, the posture is amazing and he feels better and, he, and his, his whole life has changed. So it's, it's an, I feel incredibly honored to see that. I mean, that's why you do it. You know, that's why I think any fitness professional should do it. If you don't care, you need to get out of the game. Right. Like, honestly, if you don't care, because we talked about this earlier in this interview, but it's all about them. And that fulfillment, you know, that I got from training him, that I still get from training him to seeing these accomplishments that's something I could never get on stage or that's something I could never get doing a commercial or a TV show or a movie or whatever it was that I was doing when I first came here. That in itself is, is the true gift. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Congrats. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, I love that. I love those kinds of, it's, it's cheesy, for sure, but like whenever anybody's holding up their old giant pants <laughs> yeah. in a, <laughs> some sort of a video, totally, it's a nice thing. Exactly, to totally. But um, a, another thing I'm interested in, obviously, like if you've seen my show titles, most yes. of my guests are women. Yes, and most of the experiences that um, I talk to guests about are like. What's it like to be a woman who has a body yeah. in this world? And, yeah. and how is that, um, in what ways is that challenging or advantageous or like tricky? Because I know that for me, it it's something that I'm trying to learn about and figure out as I, you know, mature and become an adult. <laughs> and now I have, you know, gray hairs sprouting I up. don't see any of that. 
Well, there, I there see, are a couple. I'm just looking at the gun still. My hairdresser <laughs> calls them the sparkly ones. There you go. Which I love. <laughs> I like that. It's That's nice. clever. Good I like that. Spin. Totally. But it's it's always a negotiation with yeah. women and it is different. Yes. So how have you experienced that in terms of your clients, um, the female ones versus the the men? Yeah. I mean, the battle of sexes in the fitness world is very fascinating. Um so uh, I'll start with women. Um, it's funny, women, so female clients that I have that are trying to obtain that body versus clients who already have that body is, is very fascinating. Um, the female clients that I have that are trying to obtain that body, they their struggles are very different, right? It could be food related, it could be consistency with exercise, it could be you know unfair genetics. The women who have those bodies to begin with um, even though they they feel great physically, it's not like all their problems go away either. Mm-hmm. And they, yes, they look incredible and they feel incredible, but it doesn't mean they're immune to any of these problems. So I have certain clients that may see other clients that I have and say that they want to look like that person, which is incredible. And it's always a very you know heartwarming thing to see and hear and 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 uh, and and get that compliment. But at the same time, it doesn't necessarily mean that your life is full of, or free of anything carefree. So I find that very interesting, you know. Um, with that being said, people who have that body, like females who have that body, their, their struggles can be real. I mean, they're, when they're not with me, let's say, and they're, you know, they're dressed to the nines and they're at work. And I hear stories all the time about, you know, about how unfortunately men can be, you know, yeah. and it's Harvey Weinstein's in the news. Yes. Good grief. Yes. And, um, and by the way, all with that being, I'm glad you brought that up because with all that being said, um, like shame, like seriously, like, like sex is such a, it's sex is, you know, I wouldn't lie to you if I said that the fitness world that I'm in, it's, there's such, uh, uh, how I want to phrase this correctly, politically correctly, but there's so much sex centered around oh, fit yeah. and fitness, right? There, and there's sex centered around everything, but sex is huge. It's a lot of people's why. So you get down to that, like client's why, right? Whether they have the body or not, if you're a female, you know? I want to feel sexier, you know, for who, for yourself, for your husband, for someone else, like who do you want, you know, for your partner, who do you want to feel sexy for? Um, and because sex is driven with so much power, mm-hmm. right? The fact that a man can look at a woman who's, she finally attains this body and she feels so good about herself and to, to sort of, you know, succumb to this, to these horrible, um, uh, pressures. Yeah. That, that men that instill on them, you know, I, I have to go here. You know, if you talk about like, the, you know, I don't want to call him the president, but for somebody who's overweight and for somebody, the double standard is so high, for somebody to say that Heidi Klum is longer a 10 when you yourself are overweight, I mean, that to me is, it's just, I can't stomach that, yeah. you know, that's just horrible. And it's interesting too, because like, like you said, with power being such a factor, mm-hmm. you know, there are these women like um, Casey Johnston, who I interviewed on the show, who has um, the Swole Woman blog, and she's a lifter. Yes. and Or any, uh, like, of the CrossFit kind of women who you see. Mm -hmm. Um, My aunt, Meg, who was on an episode who does CrossFit a lot. That's Um, great. Like, that body type for Mm -hmm. a woman is so much uh, different than maybe 
you know, using air quotes, the ideal female body type. And right. that's kind of changing too with like Kardashian stuff yeah. coming yeah. into it and Khloe Kardashian being like the fitness Kardashian right. now. Yes. And it's all kind of smoke and mirrors, but um, power in a female body is not perceived as the ideal. And so when you're working, um, via fitness to become stronger and mm -hmm. more powerful mm -hmm. it's like how does that power manifest in a, in a physical way you know right. is it really like a skinny lady with a big butt you know right. I, it it maybe it is or maybe it's like yeah. a big shoulder traps you know, farmers carry women. Who's, I think you know what a farmers carry is. Nice. Well, I did I'm CrossFit impressed. one time. Right. So I'm impressed. So yeah, it's it's just it's a, always a negotiation. It's very interesting because I think that the ideal, another set of air quotes, male body type, right. is so clear. Yeah. And so, do you find that your female clients want like a variety of different things aesthetically, or? Does it just kind of depend on on what their what their goals are personally? Sure, I had this this is a great question. I had this one client uh, about ten years ago who brought in all these different magazines, and she created this perfect woman with this magazine. She literally cut out. I don't train this particularly anymore, but she um, she literally cut out Jennifer Aniston's arms, and she literally cut out Kim Kardashian's butt, <laughs> and she literally yeah no, it's crazy. I mean, she literally had every body part basically. Uh, Angela Jolie's waist. She had everything all, all down to a science of what she wanted. Um, so that still cracks me up. So when you when you bring up that question, that's what I think about. But um, I th so to answer your question appropriately, I think there is an ideal body type that most women want. I don't know if it's necessary though. As a fitness professional, I think that number one thing is you have to love your body first. And and most people who come to me don't necessarily love their body. You know, mm -hmm. they want to change it. And I always say to them, listen, you you can't self-deprecate. You can't self-loathe. You have to love yourself first. You're making yourself better, yes. And there's so many pluses of exercise, of course, as we know. But if, if you don't start with loving your body first and you just hate your body, you hate the way you look, you can't wait to change because you think as soon as you change, you're, all your problems are going to go away. That's what I was trying to allude to before. That's not necessarily the case. Um, so I think, yes, I think skinny with a big butt is a lot of people's goal because that's what's socially acceptable. And a lot of times people fall into that trap, but depending on what body type you are, if you're a mesomorph or an ectomorph or an endomorph, well, your bone structure is obviously that's going to play a card. Um, I think for most women, once they see some changes, right, once they see some goals of maybe their arms get a little tighter or some fat goes off the waist, their butt gets a little higher, they start to become very happy. And I think it doesn't have to be this like perfect model because that woman in the magazine doesn't even exist. Right. She just doesn't, you know? Um, I, there's one client I'm thinking about in particular, I'll call her G uh, just for confidentiality purposes, but she lifts very, very, very heavy, heavy, heavy weights with me. And she probably weighs 110 pounds, maybe a Whoa. little bit more, but she lifts heavy. You know, and I don't want to say like a gentleman because that's absurd, but she lives heavy. And um, you may you may see her and not think that she can lift heavy. And I know when she's not with me, if she's traveling and I give her a routine to do when we're not together, I mean, if we can't FaceTime, that is, I know guys will, will sort of look at her and sort of be intimidated and she'll get looks, you know. But that to me is strong. Mm -hmm. That to me is awesome if she's rowing, you know, 50 pounds or pressing 30 pounds. Like, so I love that. You know, that that to me is what strength is all about, you know. Yeah. So she happens to have that ideal body, but that's to me, it's a little bit differently because 
she's exerting such heavy weight. She's not picking up five pounds or 10 pounds. She's breaking the mold. She's not afraid to become bulky because that, I know I ran, you guys talked about that as well, but lifting heavy weights does not make you bulky ladies. So please, <laughs> please, please lift heavy. Um, but I, I think we get caught. I think we certainly get caught in what we think is socially acceptable for beauty. And that's not always the case. And then for guys, it's, there is a double standard. They can get away with a bit more and and they have the right to judge other females, which drives me crazy. Yeah. And that's so not okay. So, <laughs> Yeah, I know. And it's just, it's kind of um, like philosophically, I think it's an interesting idea to think, you know, the mind-body connection mm-hmm. and you are your body and your body is you. Yeah. And what is it ever saying without you speaking? Yeah. And I mean... Obviously, men experience this too, of course, and human beings do because we communicate with one another. But for women, it's such an interesting, like, just quandary, I guess, because if you don't look a certain way, then you're not, you're just not taken seriously. And it sucks. Like, it sucks to see an overweight woman with like gray frizzy hair sitting by herself eating pizza and think like, oh no, you know, that because maybe it it comes into your mind, oh no. And then you're like, who am I to say, oh no, she could be having a fabulous life and feel so good about herself and you never know. You do never know, but you're right. I think that again, the magazines, right, or media tells us Mm -hmm. what's beautiful and what's not. And we judge ourselves by that. And I always tell clients, and I hope this does not sound cliche or corny, but happiness is an inside job. You don't need validation from anyone, not even your spouse. Mm -hmm. It comes within you. And I say that to everyone. So, I mean, to me, it's, I want to, looking good for a wedding, I can understand because that's such a monumental day. But if it's a client who comes to me and they say, you know, I want to look good for X event or, and which is a great goal to achieve, don't get me wrong, but you don't need everyone around you to validate you. You just don't. And confidence is sexy, right? You don't. You can look. I hate to say it, but you can look like I don't want to say you know anybody's name here that I hate in the news these days. <laughs> but you know where I'm going with this. In other words, like you don't need to be an overweight, you know, white man. Let's say right, uh-huh. uh, who's balding, you know, to be sexy. You know, I mean, you can be whoever you want. But those those type of people who don't aesthetically look great have so much confidence, and that sort of makes them sexy to certain people. Yeah. Um, so again, happiness is inside job for sure. And it's a shame that this woman that we're talking about here, like let's say she is unhappy. Let's say she's in that pizza because she's given up. Right. Well, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna have a partner because I look this way. Mm-hmm. I'm frizzy haired and I'm overweight. And that's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking that, you know, we li- like, you know, that we live in a society that does judge people by the way they look. Um, so I think to go back to one more thing that you said earlier, you know, sexiness and feeling strong, if you're if you're sort of a bigger bone woman, if you if you're curvy, own it. Own it, because you. And if you have a little bit belly, who the f cares? Right. Because no, but in all seriousness, because if that's if that's where you feel comfortable and that's where you sort of want to live, and that's what's beautiful. Yeah. Seriously, that's what's really beautiful. Yeah, and yeah, I think like, I think women were taught like to not have appetites for anything. Yeah. Not just food, but like ambition or just to be or power, just Mm -hmm. not having appetites. And if you have an appetite for exercise and you have an appetite for food Mm -hmm. and you want to learn and you want to like just 
fill yourself with good stuff, mm-hmm. you can kind of feel like self-conscious about all of it. Yeah. Um, and I just think there's so much value in like experiencing things and then checking in with yourself, whatever it is, sure. about how it, it's making you feel in your body. Mm-hmm. It's all connected. All oh, of your yeah. emotional experiences or physical, like really put yourself through it and then see what you learn. Agreed. Agreed. And then when you commit, I think that's beautiful. You just said, and when you commit here, Mm -hmm. when you commit to your mind, right, your body will certainly follow. It's not the other way around. You know, the mind gives up way before the body ever does. It's really true. And the other thing I want to say about my female clients, and and I love my male clients. I mean, I I feel very honored and and, and for the listeners are going to be like, okay, whatever. But I do feel very fortunate um, because I do run my own business these days to sort of select the people that I train. And I feel very honored that I'm training the clientele that I have because everyone is so lovely. With that being said, my female clients will absolutely give my male clients a run for their money. Absolutely. And I have, a, a, I mean, certain clients always come to mind when, when, when I'm asked these certain questions. But I mean, I have clients who are in their, their female clients in their 50s that can, you know, that are conditioned and they've had their journey along the way with like this muscle being overactive or underactive or an injury and their battles with food who will run circles around my male clients who are in their 20s. Mm-hmm. And it's the commitment they made to themselves here yeah. in their mind. So it's beautiful. And I see them all the time. Be super proud of yourself. One particular client brought her nephew in, and he's much younger, like 30 years younger, and he could barely hang physically with her. Yeah. And that was an awesome, eye-opening experience for the both of them. Yeah, I yeah. always think of this story. By My mom is a huge time runner. Yes, I And know all that. of her friends are runners. And um, her friend Jackie, who has been on the show, um, after they ran the New York half marathon, they came to town to do it. But I just, my mom told me this story about they, there's this, this local 5k like every week that they will sometimes do, sometimes not do. And my mom ran it and our friend Jackie ran it. And after it was over, my mom and Jackie were talking and she was like, how'd you do Jackie? And Jackie's, I think 58. Um, now she's like, no, I think I won. Wow. And How she about just that? was the female winner of the whole Beautiful. thing. And so, you know, she got her picture taken with this like 21 year old guy who was the male winner. It's like, it's she's amazing. fast as hell. Wonderful. But just this idea of like, I think I won. Like, I love that. You know, you don't, you don't set out or make, you know, Jackie probably does. She's mm-hmm. very competitive, but set out to win. But you know, just like focus. Yeah. My God, it's a powerful thing. It is. And how about this? Because we all can learn from Jackie. You are inspired by yourself. You're not competing. Yes, she's competitive, but she's clearly not competing with anyone else but herself. Oh, yeah. And that goes back to what we talked about before, about women's bodies, right? Not not looking at that magazine or what the media tells you. Just and, and competing with somebody else to look a certain way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. That's a very nice message. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, it's all a journey. It is. Good Lord. <laughs> and you can do um, 24 push-ups. You could do 24 push-ups. To get there. Yes. I love the simplicity of your method. Like, it incorporates all of these complex and thoughtful ideas. Obviously, we know that just from this interview, from hearing from you. You know, there's a lot of thought behind it. Mm-hmm. But really, you know, maybe these movements that we can all achieve yes. are enough. Yeah. 
And it has to be doable, right? I mean, because nobody wants to be discouraged. Mm -hmm. And that's why even in the book, I call it a journey because it's important to know that, again, you're competing with yourself, no one else. And I have certain people ask me all the time. I mean, I literally get emails all the time. You know, should I, how many push-ups should I do in a day? And do I need to wait? And, you know, should I try to do four of your exercises versus, you know, six? And and I always give the same response back. It's it's all subjective. It's all how you're feeling. There's no rush. I mean, there's really no rush. It's, you know, you want to find your own comfort level, which is super important. Um, and I think, again, if it, it, making these changes, you know, making subtle changes that become bigger changes is absolutely key. Yeah. <sighs> well, we, you've given us a lot to think about. <laughs> wow. I'm n- newly inspired. Fitless year two. Maybe I uh, see some changes or... Bianca looks great. And it. I just want to say... Um, <laughs> I've been following your podcast, and I said this off there, but I certainly said it on the air. It's refreshing because in the world of fitness, there's so much ego involved, and there's so much my way is better than your way. Um, but it's nice that you take this beautiful approach of um, like humility, and you make it fun. Um, and I really enjoy it. I actually listen to it when I'm like walking to clients and when I'm doing my own workouts. Because wow. I want you to know that I, I find it incredibly entertaining and it's refreshing. It's super refreshing. Thank your spin, you. your spin on <laughs> fitness is amazing. But most importantly, it teaches a very valuable lesson. And I really want you to know this eye to eye. It teaches people not to be afraid to try new things in the world of fitness because there are too many people who miss out on getting fit because they're intimidated or scared and are basically ruled by fear. And there's no reason to feel that way if you can't help it because you're doing your body, you're doing your mind, and spiritually you're doing that a favor as well. So it's not about worrying what other people think of you. Remember, you're committing to yourself, and that is the highest commitment ever. Wow, thanks. Yeah, I think for probably most of my growing up, I was too afraid mm-hmm. to do anything, you know? And I remember because I was like pretty verbal kid and like only child, always around adults. So mm-hmm. I kind of had like a real angle with adults and I was always working the angle mm-hmm. to get out of doing stuff. And <laughs> I just have all these vivid memories of like being at camp and like doing swimming and saying like very precociously to the counselor, like I'm actually not fully comfortable with being in water over my head. <laughs> and they'd be like, that's oh, awesome. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> you know, so like I, I conned my way out yeah. of like trying stuff for right. so long. And I knew that I wouldn't ever do it unless I was ready to like confront that fear. Yes. So I think it is important for people to know that like it's okay to be afraid while you're doing something. And it's okay to even like not be fully committed in the moment. And if you're in the room blowing it off, at least you're in the room blowing it off and not like at your house on the computer blowing it off. You know what I mean? I agree. I like it. Just put yourself there and deal with the discomfort. I think that so many people are afraid of discomfort, myself included. Sure. Patterns rule my life and and I don't want to be like, ugh, icky. But if you decide that you're gonna and then you just do it and deal with it later, it can work sometimes. 
It does work. And something <laughs> is always better than nothing, right. right? So if you can't get that hour in, even if you work out for 20 minutes, 30 minutes here and there, that's amazing. And last but not least, I want everyone to honestly understand to get rid of that emotion of guilt because guilt is a useless emotion. And so that lady, right, in that pizza parlor, I think that's where she was, right? Yeah. She's eating that pizza with her gray hair and she's like, well, this is my pizza, you know, life sucks and, right. and, and I'm, I feel guilty eating it. So I'm going to keep doing, you know, self-destructive things to myself. But it, it really needs to end there. You know, if you have a bad meal, let it go. Don't don't sort of embrace that feeling of guilt anymore. You know, yeah. everybody falls. Everybody has, that's why it's a journey. It's not all rainbows and sunshine and, and beauty. You know, there has to be some, there has to be some bad times too. Yeah. yeah. And also another thing, if you're feeling bad like that, just don't check Instagram for a few days. Yes, seriously. <laughs> That's very wise. That's very, very wise. Just take yourself out of the... Exactly. Off the gram right? for a little while. Exactly. And like, look up, look around. Exactly. Make you feel better. Totally. Look up. I like that. Yep. Look up. Look up. Look up. That's it. Right? Stop looking down on your phone, right, and getting a neck injury and look up. Yeah. I like it. Um, okay, so I want to let you talk about and promote whatever you want the people to know about. Obviously your book multiple. You you <laughs> you're too kind. So, what else? Is there anything else people should check out? So they can go to my website which is zetlinfitness.com, z e t i n fitness.com. Um I offer personal training live one-on-one, the Bianca experience with her amazing neutral spine. Um <laughs> I certainly do Skype training and FaceTime training as well, so there's a whole online program that I do. I also do group classes. I've done the corporate realm as well, which is really fun. A lot of great team building as well. And then I also teach other personal trainers so they can take my course. Uh-huh. I'm affiliated with the National Academy of Sports Medicine, NASM, and the International Sports Science Association, which is ISSA. And they can become a push-up progression specialist and earn credits through my course. Love teaching personal trainers. It's a lot of fun. Um, and I have tons of articles and, and other books that you mentioned, and that's all on my website as well. Awesome. So definitely check it out. And it's like, oh, so great to talk to you. So great to Thank talk to you. Thank you for doing this. Oh my God. I'm honored. Seriously. <laughs> honored. Um, Bianca Brady and her guns, ladies and gentlemen. so funny to me. <laughs> but yeah, no. I do have a podcast. I just have to come clean. You know, <laughs> people will be on it. It's cool. Um, okay. So thank you, Sean, again. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to Bill Wadman. Yes. Love As Bill. always, love Bill. Legend. <laughs> he's a legend. He's a legend. And he's taken great pictures of you. Oh, my goodness. What an experience, by the way. Yeah. Awesome. And his wife is lovely. Yes, she is. Client now? Yeah. Yes. She's. Yeah. She's great. She said yes. that you sometimes pretend that the weights are me and Iran. I do, as friends. <laughs> like, see that? There you go. Don't drop. I them. always tell her. I said, don't exactly, exactly. Here, your friends, Iran and 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 Bianca. Yes, she's <laughs> lovely too, though. Um. Okay. So we'll see you soon. Yes, I can't wait. And I love you. Bye bye. I love you. Bye bye. <laughs>